Good evening, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Saturday Night Lyceum Night. Um, as I said, our guest this week, unfortunately, couldn't make it at the last minute. Not to worry, not to worry. But we'd just have a nice little chat instead. So um, as people are joining us, a very good evening to you. If you do join us tonight, just put a comment in the box saying where you're from. That's always lovely. You see the reach that we have here. You see there's one person currently watching. Good evening to you, whoever you are. Patrick, hello, sir. Oh, goodness, I suddenly jumped up there. Warm welcome to everybody joining us for our Lyceum evening. Um, Lyceum evenings are all about spiritualism and things appertaining to that. Bit of a different one tonight. I'm on my lonesome. So uh, anybody got any questions out there, please throw them in there. I do not say that I have the definitive answer to everything, um, but I'm sure that we will get a good idea of what's going on and try and offer up some explanations. Hello, Marion. Hello, Phil. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I thought I'd start the ball rolling tonight. Something um, I've gotten involved with, I'm not quite sure how. Uh, it's just happened. Hello, Pauline. Um, and this is house clearances. And I don't mean going around and, you know, lugging the furniture out. I mean, People are contacting uh, myself and asking for somebody to visit their house because they're experiencing uh, some sort of activity going on within their house. And really, since the lockdown period, this has noticeably increased the amount of time. I think pre-COVID, I probably did one every two years. Um, Post-COVID, I seem to be doing one every two months now so uh yeah very interesting the amount of uh contacts about it and i'd also love to know the networking that goes on because i've had people phone me up and say i've been recommended to you and i'm like how where's that come from because i never put that out there <laughs> hello sluice forgive me if i pronounced that wrong margaret so, yeah, these uh, house clearances, just to start the ball rolling, um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time when I'm called out to, you know, when I'm called out uh, to go and visit somebody's house, first of all, we've got to observe the uh, practicalities of things. I am never, ever, ever going to walk into anybody's house and be on a one-to-one -one basis with another person for both our comforts. So uh, always, if it is a lone person, then somebody will accompany me. And there's only one time this has been turned down by the person. I said, well, in that case, I simply can't visit you. Um, but if you have that company coming... And also, I do tend to ask people who I sit in circle with as well, because our energies then are slightly aligned as well. Uh, and I do find that a useful tool to work with. But an awful lot of the time, uh, when I'm getting called out, I get to use my favourite line, which is probably naughty, but forgive me, forgive me my little indulgence. My favourite line is, I've got good news and bad news for you. 
your house isn't haunted, you are. <laughs> I love using that line. <laughs> and it's uh, very interesting. Hello, Reverend Ashley, you're right, darling. It's very interesting the amount of times that uh, you get asked to go over and work with people. I don't know what some people are expecting. I don't know if I've just done one recently, and I know uh, that somehow I didn't meet expectations. I didn't run around ringing a bell and screaming, or as I heard in the instance of somebody else going into a place of wrestling with an imp in the bedroom. I go in and try and sense the atmosphere, sense the area, because we get areas that just don't sit well with us. Um, those of you who lo know local geography around Paul, there's an area called uh, Alderney, and there's just something there. I think this is geomagnetic stress, which I haven't really looked into, and I really ought to, because uh, I seem quite sensitive to it. You can go to areas. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, you can go to some areas and you think, oh, my goodness, I feel at home here. And you go to other areas and you think, how soon can I leave here? <laughs> so there is something in that. There is something in these earth energies and our vibrations. Uh, when I first got off the train at the Lake District, I just went, I'm home and I never want to leave here. I am just so comfortable. As I said, I do find other areas of, can you please put your foot down to get through this area? Because I need to leave because it's really not comfortable. So that's one of the things I'm wary of when I uh, go to visit places. And it's, it's the circle of um, requests is it's getting quite broad now. Uh, we're not talking just local to pool anymore by any means. Um, we're talking Dorset, Hampshire, Wiltshire. So very interesting. And it's very interesting as well, the number uh, of them that are increasing so much. And again, I do not advertise. You know, I never, ever advertise that side of me, but it is through word of mouth. So I'm very honoured that people talk like this. But anyway, so we get there. Yes, thank you, Reverend Ashley. Yeah, the land energy really is an important factor. So it's sort of like when you get involved with these things. This is the way I approach it. I know other people have their own ways and God bless them, that's absolutely fine. I'm not here to say anyone's right, anyone's wrong, but we're all right for ourselves. And as I say, uh, one house I was called to was right on the edge of this area that I just uh, mentioned of Alderney. And straight away I was like, I do feel very, very unsettled here. I do feel very unsettled. But then it's when you you can have a look at the premises from the outside and sort of like start to open up a bit, use the senses and think, you know, do I feel anything at all from out here externally? Yeah, Melissa, yeah, yeah. I believe that uh, certain things attract certain energies. So, yeah, nice comment there. But, yeah, you're looking at the actual premises itself to go into and just thinking, you know, am I feeling anything here at all whatsoever? And I must emphasize, I must emphasize this, on all the occasions I've been called out and asked out, only twice have I felt 
an external influence that didn't belong or created by the people associated with the place. Sorry, that sounds a little bit convoluted. Um, but I, I've just felt a presence that sort of like didn't belong. You knew it didn't belong. To me, it just felt cold. That was quite interesting. The first time I felt it, I was like, what, what, what am I being told here? I don't understand this. But there was just a presence, most definitely, uh, but there was a coldness to it. Also, when you have sort of like established the area a wee bit and the external place, then we come into uh, the knock on the door and the <laughs> introductions. And as I said, I do think sometimes people have watched a wee bit too much um, Paranormal 2, etc., uh, and are expecting me to sit there with a the gas mask on drawing a demon because it's just not going to happen. Uh, I mean, are you going to put this face behind a gas mask? No, of course not. There we go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and it's just talking to the people then. This is where it starts to come in. And sensing their energy, sensing their energy, and also as you're moving around, sensing the energies that you can feel within uh, the accommodation there. So um, it, it, it's sort of like slowly built into a process, and I'm, I'm getting very nice comments back, so I must be doing something wrong. But again, the, the most recent one, again, it was absolutely just there like a Belisha beacon. It's not the premises that are haunted, you know, because I don't, you know, people, this word haunted, I'm not comfortable with. Um, and people say, oh, somebody died here a few years ago. And it's like, well, if historically, if you look at the UK, so I'm talking England, Scotland, Wales, if you go back over 2,000 years, pretty much every square foot of land has sometime had somebody die on it. So, you know what, this thing about, oh, they died there. Um, yeah, I, I struggle with, I struggle with. I'm, I'm more of uh, what's going on in the here and now. But as I say, a lot of it, not Hollywood enough, very true, actually. Maybe, maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> No, I couldn't. I really, really couldn't. Um, yeah, it's so often, so, so often is the case uh, that I get to use my my line of your house isn't haunted, you are. Because it is people's mediumistic abilities. I'll get around to that in a second, Baron. Uh, it's people's mediumistic abilities which are causing them to sense spirit. Also, very interestingly, uh, it's also people's psychic ability where, I, do you know what, I've met two people now who are the most powerful psychics I've probably ever met. Totally unaware, totally untrained, totally uneducated, and in the main part, really not interested in developing it. But their psychic abilities, one place I was called out to, it was over a shock. And as I'm talking and trying to link in with the energies, I was saying, who's the shouty neighbour, the woman? And I was pointing. She went, yeah, yeah, there is a, somebody up there, and she does shout a lot. And I went, yeah, and that's, that's not 
I'm not talking to spirit. I'm not picking up on the spirit. This is an incarnate person. It's the psychic side of it. But as I started working more and more with the psychic side of it, I also became very aware of the shop underneath. And you think of it, a shop, in, out, in, out, all day long, all evening long. And if you're sat above that, and you are an open channel for your psychic abilities, guess what? You know, and people go, oh, no, 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 there's something bad about me. No, it isn't. It's, it's your psychic abilities, and you've got to work with that. You've got to learn how to uh, control that and learn how to, when to work with it, when not to work with it. How to open up and close down is something I tend to be advising on quite a lot. Um, and just saying to people, you know what, this is not a quick fix. This is something you're going to have to keep doing and keep doing and keep doing and keep doing until you're bored with it. But the more you work with it, the longer, the better it gets and you will start to feel a difference. But there is no quick fix. Um, in the case of one person, the one above the shop, the psychic, said, if you move tomorrow to another house to get away from this energy, you're going to be picking up the neighbor's energy. You're going to be picking up the energy of people across the road because this the field of activity with this person was quite impressive, quite impressive. But anyway, 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 anyway. It's just very interesting. Hello, Bill. You are right, sir? Uh, it's just very interesting, the, um, the public conception of hauntings. And, as I say, the way some expect it to be dealt with, I know that two people I can think of weren't impressed because I didn't stand there shouting, screaming, and ringing a bell. However, the other people really um, benefited by the talk. There was one lovely, lovely, lovely time. It was a mother and daughter living together. Uh, and as I was sat there talking to them, mediumistically, the mother of the mother came through and she went, I was a medium. I went, all right, okay. So I'm talking to these two lovely ladies and they're describing, you know, what's happened, what they've seen in the home, in the hallway, in the car, in the shop. And said so they're following us around because, you know, wherever we go, they, they keep following us and all that. And I'm like, your mother was a medium. And she went, how do you know? I said, because she just told me. And I said, she sat here absolutely roaring with laughter. I said, you do realise a lot of mediumistic ability is sort of like, you know, handed down through the bloodline. And she went, well, she kept saying that to me. I never believed it. And I'm like, well, I think you better start believing it, love, because... <laughs> Pretty much that's what's going on. This is what's happening um, uh, with you and your daughter. They're not following you around. Actually, you are the one who's following spirit around, so you should stop it straight away. Uh, now, Darren, is there what you would call a no-go area? Yes, Darren, uh, you do have to approach. You know, number one, you are going into people's houses, all right, in a for want of a better expression, in a semi-professional air. So that demands a courtesy and respect from both sides. 
as I said earlier, I would never, ever go and work on a one-to-one -one alone in a house with anybody else for my protection, for their protection. All right? So that is a no-go area. We, they would have a secondary party there, or I would have a secondary party, or we both would. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen. You do also, also, not all the time, but occasionally, you do also have people present themselves who, uh, I am not a psychiatrist, but you do have that empathy uh, link where you know that the issues surrounding this person are actually more of a mental welfare state than anything else. Uh, that is, you know, I'm not going to go in there and tell them what they should be doing and what they should go and see because I'm not qualified to. I will try and steer them towards a more qualified uh, person or personages or group or whatever to try and get that help. Um, but I would keep my input with that person at an absolute minimum because you are dealing with somebody who is also incredibly vulnerable. And it's really important that you try and get them on the right path for them to get proper help. Unfortunately, we do have a surfeit of people around who see these as money-making opportunities. Uh, one particular case I was asked to go out to, um, the it was a young couple with a very young child, a one-year-old. Absolutely lovely. Absolutely, really. She's a nurse. Uh, sorry. She's a professional. He's a professional. And just starting on that life path, working really hard, but really nice young couple. And it transpired when I was over there talking to them. Um, they had approached a person who advertised on the lovely Facebook, who over the phone, actually, and this, this is real, this happened, and this is outrageous. Over the phone, this person told them that, yes, there is a very dark and evil energy in your house, and it wants to kill your baby. Now, when I, I sat there and I went, oh, geez, oh, what? However, this person always had a friend in London who's very, very expensive, but very good. Uh, I'll give you their details to come down. Well, fortunately, uh, this couple, although young, was switched on. And the guy, when he heard that, hung up and went, oh, I'm not going with that. And then hence, I got the call. So I said to them, well done and apologies on behalf of the real spiritualists in the world because nobody would ever 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 say anything like that that's a terrible thing and again walking through their house do you know what i walked into the nursery and i was nearly bowled over by the love in there it was stunning and there was a maternal grandmother energy in that room absolutely beautiful but again that they were both sensitive as part of their jobs one was a natural born empath and the other one 
you know, when people work in like nursing, nail salons, hairdressers, things like that, you're working in people's psychic fields all the time. And you do find a higher degree of people working at close quarters with other human beings. Their psychism expands. You know, they can start picking up. They may not have any idea what's going on, uh, but they can most certainly start picking up and receiving and picking up these things. Hence, you know, we hear the the haunting stories start to appear when actually it's not. It's a people's own psychic or mediumistic abilities. Very pleased to say the young couple uh, were overjoyed. I gave them a few little techniques to work with to uh, open and then close afterwards when they chose to. Um, and yeah, since the visit, absolutely fine. You know, and you just think, oh my goodness, who are these people that can say these terrible, terrible, terrible things under the banner of spiritualism? Uh, absolutely awful. Sue Townsend, hello, Sue. Have you been called to people whose energy creates movement poltergeist within a place? And what do you explain about the calls? Yes. The two occasions. Um, where I, I felt the uh, the coldness of a spirit person around, but knowing there's no attachment, the linkage was both instances with uh, in two separate occasions, two separate venues. But there were the young girls going through that time, the very early years. And that was that was fascinating. That warranted a whole lifetime's worth of uh, investigation. Sadly, not this lifetime with me, but never know. One day it might happen. Um, but it was that opening again of that uh, psychic portal, sort of like empowered with the biological and physiological changes going on with both of these lovely 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 young little teenage absolutely beautiful girls um but that had i'm not keen on the word portal um because that puts a barrier between us and other worlds and i i don't feel separated from other worlds we're drifting in and out of them all the time but it had opened up potential there for a discarnate and slightly disgruntled spirit to be around, which then manifested in the movement of objects. Uh, in one case, there was on the third, you know, the stairs that go up and twist and then go up again. <laughs> Tell them an architect. <laughs> on the twist, a pool of water kept appearing. And there was no sign of damp. There were no pipe work for the water to rise up from the carpet. Most certainly, there was no wet patch above the carpet where water could have come down on our carpet. Uh, there was a windowsill there, but there was no vase or anything like that. And it was just plain water. That was fascinating. I found that fascinating because when I got there, we went upstairs. And when we became, went to go downstairs, there was this pool of water. And I was like, ooh, ooh, 
<laughs> oh, that's this is new. This is oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's your house. I'm really sorry. I'm going to leave you with this, but this is great. <laughs> I didn't do that, honest. Um, but with the water, to me, automatically, water is always an emotional thing. And with this energy that I was sensing around the house, uh, I know there was a lot of an emotion, a lot of anguish, and a lot of resentment as well. You know, we pass over to spirit, but not all the time do we want to. You know, uh, even without with all the knowledge that we've got, sometimes people really don't want to be out there. And this was very much the case, very much evident in uh, this um, occurrence. Uh, where I tracked it back, it was the the previous owners were a couple. The lady was very, very heavily um, crippled by various things. So she basically spent the last five years of her life in one bedroom. And the gentleman stayed on looking after her, bless his heart. But of course, there's a lot of frustration, a lot of resentment, and a lot of anger there. Uh, not directed at the lady, but just at the situation. So, of course, he got himself and his spirit into this sort of like nexus of going round and round and round, of just being angry and just being upset. Well, very sadly, the lady went on to spirit, um, which was a release for her. And the gentleman stayed on for a couple of years, but actually became so reclusive, he just wouldn't go out. He stayed indoors. And obviously, this energy just kept going round and round and round. He passed. But he loved the home. Um, it was stunningly done. Everything was restored. It wasn't revamped. It was restored and done very painstakingly. So he spent all those years putting this energy into the house. So, of course, next family move in. Two lovely young girls, absolute stars. And then these things started to happen. And it was a mixture, to my understanding, this is how I it was explained to me, and it made sense to me, it was a mixture, it was a crossing point of that energy and that spirit actually was still very much in evidence there, still very much on an angry level about things, still very much on a frustrated level about things. The interaction, this was the fascinating part, the interaction between this spirit and the physical family was absolutely nil. It was like he was in the same space, but not in the same time as his family. However, on the energy side of things, the young girls with everything going on in their biology, that energy was just sort of like the eternal fountain of youth within that space this chap who was also in the same space but not connected to the family whatsoever there was it was almost like as i said same house different times he was not connected to the family whatsoever he was not aware of what he was doing and how it was affecting him and he wasn't even aware of this family in there but that surfeit of energy going on 
the manifestation that came about from it was coming over in the, the pools of water and there was one, you know the old serving hatches between the kitchen and the lounge? There was one of those that were banged shut. So they, the family left it shut down and during the night it would bang shut. Even though they know they'd left it down, it would still bang shut. So that was the two physical interactions. That was quite interesting. Working with that one, I did actually return and with somebody a little bit more experienced in uh, mediumship than I at the time. And it was fascinating to hear this conversation, this dialogue of this gentleman talking about his house, but absolutely no understanding, realisation that it was no longer his house and there were other people in there and of what he was causing to go on. Uh, the dialogue went on for a little while, actually. It was probably about an hour we were in there. Um, and the medium, one of the real old school mediums, she was an absolute diamond, uh, very strong character, which was needed. She was saying, but you're upsetting these people. And he's going, what people? This is my house. And she said, there are people living here. No, there aren't. This is my house. I live here. And she said, what colour are the walls? And she went, blue. She went, look again. Blue. Look one more time. You went, they're yellow. Why are my walls yellow? And it was she was working him into the present day. It was absolutely fascinating. Absolutely. Restored a lot of my faith in uh, things that I've been doing. Absolutely with that. Um, so, yeah, these things, a lot of the time, they are caused not by a spiritual root cause, but more of a psychic root cause. Also, um, when they are the two times with spirit involvement, it's, I don't like this term earthbound because it makes it sound as though it's something forced upon people. To me, spirit is earthbound because they do not wish to leave the earth. Uh, this is not something that's been put upon them by anybody else. It is their own will. I mean, we're always talking about we have free will. We have our own choice. Uh, and as I say, you know, a lot of people actually don't want to go. They don't want to go, and they don't want to admit they go. And I would imagine spirit side, those who go to greet them, to meet them, are there patiently waiting until they're ready, because I've never, ever seen force coming from spirit. I've never seen spirit force anybody or anything into any situation. So comment there, Reverend Ashley... In many cases, highly psychic and also maybe going through substantial trauma or upheaval in the material life. At least one person I've spoken to is for the purpose in karma, supporting them and the activity calmed. Is that what you have found too? Very much, very much, Reverend Ashley. Um, one case very recently when I was talking to the person, I just said, you're incredibly lonely, aren't you? This was the very, very good psychic. And she went, not really. And I said, well, so, yeah, 
you've got a social life, you've got family, friends around the show. No, actually, I don't. Uh, it is just me nearly all the time. And I said, and that isn't helping you where you are because where you're getting this activity going on, you're giving it your full attention because there is not a lot else in your life to distract your attention. And in you giving it your attention, you are also then empowering that to build and build. Because I had a very interesting, as I was talking to this person, I looked out of the window and I saw them stood on the other side of the road. And I thought, you've got remote viewing potential here as well, because you've got a lot of outer body. But all these things actually came down to their own physical and mental state of mind and being. <clears throat> you know, Whenever we get hit by a big upheaval, it's like shockwaves reverberate. And never forget, we are many, many, many bodies. We are physical, mental, spiritual, psychic, etheric. We've got all these different bodies which are clanging away like a bell around us. And our awareness and our interpretation of what we see and feel sometimes makes it... Um, feel like an external force is making that happen to us, whereas actually it's a resonance of your own internal power and understanding that you are sensing and misinterpreting. So, yeah, Reverend Ashley, definitely, I definitely find that. So, sorry, I've just seen if there's any questions. Oh. Goodness me, there's a lot of people commenting. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Phil Shaw, similar to the Enfield poltergeist phenomena. Yep, uh, very much so. There was the difference there of something else being seen, wasn't there? There was the chair, I believe, if I remember correctly, where uh, the energy seemed to be very much focused. But again, it's... It's this disassociation with the time now, which I find intriguing. Uh, this, where I'm sitting now, this building is nearly 100 years old. So uh, there would have been people over those years of their time, uh, in their time. But sometimes, for whatever reason, those barriers disappear. And it's like you're carrying on this coexistence, but one is not aware of the other, but occupying the same space. Oh, Phil, ideal person, you look at our work as mediums. You know, how would you describe a spirit contact? It is somebody from another time in another energy in another dimension that's occupying the same space as us at that time. So it's really, really, really fascinating that. Uh, Reverend Ashley, I like how you bring the story of spirit people behind the spirit activity to the fore. Such healing and acknowledgement for the gentleman. Wonderful. Thank you, Reverend Ashley. And yes, 99% of our work with spirit is healing of one form or another. And if you can bring in that healing and that compassion and that understanding and that revelation as well to people um, through understanding that that is a healing act itself. Because 
you're removing the fear you're removing um the thought that there is something malignant in and especially in your home the one place where everybody should feel safest is when they get indoors and shut the door behind them and if there is any fear or thought that there is a malign presence waiting behind your front door that's re that's a devastating thing that is a devastating thing uh, and that's why I'm only too happy to go out to the genuine call-outs um, and help and assist where I can, or to refer on as well, uh, which has happened a few times. But in the main, it is um, not the premises that are haunted. It is the people's involved, either psychic or... Uh, mediumistic abilities joanne lewis lost souls yeah yeah there is that sense of being lost with them but as i say the times that i've correlated with uh spirit occupied they're not lost but they're existing in a time that is no longer i know that sounds a bit pedantic um so there's not like a trauma associated with the spirit but they are just existing in 1930 whereas actually the rest of the world is existing in 2022 so there's no loss there there was one now this was very interesting i found it interesting um you can all turn off if you like i don't mind but <laughs> i found it interesting i was sitting uh for a while in a rescue circle because i wanted to understand it uh i had questions about rescue circles and I wanted to try and understand it and I was invited to sit and I thought okay I'm going to sit and draw my opinion um I was a bit dubious I will be honest I was a wee bit on the dubious side so I sat for a number of weeks and saw or heard nothing that changed my initial opinion um and I was like yeah I'm still not sure about this and then the week where I said, you know, to myself, after the circle tonight, I'm going to tell the circle leader, thank you ever so much for inviting me, but it's not for me. Um, and actually, I'm probably disrupting the circle by sitting there being a bit of a doubting Thomas. So I will leave. So spirit went, really? Wait for this. <laughs> As they do. <laughs> so we went into the meditation. And immediately I went to an area that I knew in the old town of Paul, which is a beautiful part of Paul. And I walked into a house that I was aware of. I've never been in there, uh, but I knew it was there. And walked straight into the hall to be confronted by a young girl who was in there. And I said, hello. And she went, you can see me. Why can't anybody else see me? And I had this dialogue with her. And I was trying to get her outside to play. And she went, I, haven't, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out. I haven't been out for a, a long, long time. And I said, but you need to go out into the sunshine and enjoy and have a game. And she went, take my hand and I will. And so I walked her out. And it was absolutely lovely because it's right opposite an old churchyard as well. So it's just, just such a beautiful setting. 
And when I got outside of the door, my hand was suddenly empty. I thought, okay. Next thing, I was in another house directly opposite. And I'm sat there in circle. And my physical mind just kick in a couple of times going, are you creating this? And I thought, no, I'm not. I'm not. Because I bet you if I ever went in these houses, I would still know what I see when I go in them. In the other house, there was a um, a gentleman who, of middle ages, not the middle ages, but of middle age, and he had the awareness. I went, hello, and he went, I don't want to talk. Went, we need to talk. He went, I don't want to talk. Please leave me alone. I said, you can't hang around here all the time. You know that, don't you? He said, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I said, you need to walk outside. And it's as easy as that. Just all you do is walk outside. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I said, but you've been here quite some time. He said, no, I've only been here a couple of days. And I can tell by the dress that that was certainly not right. I said, if you want, I'll walk out the door with you. He said, no, 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 leave me alone. Thank you, but leave me alone. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Okay. I walked out of the door, and then I was in another area of pool, which is about 15 minutes away from that part. And there was a one of the old terrace houses there, and I was stood outside this door, and I didn't want to go in. I did not want to go in this door. But I knew I should, but I did not want to go. I was just stood outside this house and I thought, I do not want to go in there. I went in and there was a much older gentleman. And the atmosphere was like trying to, do you know when you get a, a thick black smoke from candles and things, you know, with that, uh, material floating in it it was just like that it was so uncomfortable and even though i'm big and ugly um it put the fear of god up me i'll be honest i was like i don't want to be doing this i don't want to be doing this but i know i've got to i know i'm safe but i don't want to be doing this and I spent a very short time with this gentleman who would, funny enough, talking about the Enfield poltergeist, sat in this chair. The house was empty apart from this damn chair. And it was vile. It was abusive. I am not going to say it was of a demon's origin because we can be demons ourselves in the physical. Absolutely vile and offensive. And I stepped back very cautiously and left. None of that was generated by my mind because I went in there actually with more of the air of a cynic than to go show me. I like evidence. I like evidence with my evidential mediumship. I like evidence comes through on healing. I like evidence. We're dealing with intelligence and we ask for evidence. So all those weeks I've been sat there in that circle thinking, yeah, this is pretty much what I thought I was going to hear, and I'm I'm so dubious. That last week, spirit went, okay. <laughs> you asked for it. You're going to get it. 
absolutely fascinating absolutely fascinating really 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 interesting that was absolutely uh sue townsend you've mentioned out of body experience and remote viewing what are your experiences of these okay out of body i don't know if anybody else had this uh but when we were young and our life was moving no I was living that time uh, <laughs> when i was young i am sure that i was astral traveling because i used to have these dreams of flying over people and going look i can fly i can fly and people that i was flying over going yeah we all can <laughs> it's like oh shut up we all can we all can from those i had several instances which is uh just getting into me teen years put the fear of bejesus at me where i would wake up and i was transfixed i could not move i absolutely couldn't move and i could to every effort to try i used to sit there calling out for my mum and i would go mum mum so it so it lasted a while and then bang it just stopped dead and I could sit up again and move around again. Years later, I was describing that to um, one of the old school mediums. She said, that's astral traveling. She said, your body's become conscious, but you're not fully back in there yet. Your etheric body is still semi out of it. That's why she said, the spirit animates the body. Once the spirit leaves the body, the body is no longer animated. And I thought, that's fascinating. That is, that is. And remote viewing, um, I I do read up on that. I do have a little soft spot. I studied for a while with a lady called Myra Kampf, and she was so hot on it. She was such a good energy worker. Uh, bless her heart, I don't know if she's still around, but wow. Some of the stuff she used to do and teach was brilliant. And remote viewing was very much uh, one of her forties. And again, I do like evidence. And some of these I can't substantiate with hard evidence. Um, but there was a group that would do remote viewing. And at the time of like the Cold War, and they would go in and disable armaments and they would disable ships and they would disable aeroplanes and different things like that to sort of like slow progress of any militaristic um, movements. The integrity, the honesty, and without any lead into, you know, the look at me energy, these stories were recounted to me i believe it i really believe it and i was funny enough i was talking about that today with somebody uh i used to study under a lady who lived over in christchurch love it a bit love it a bit she's still with us um and we we're over there one night and this very handsome american male appears i'm like hello what's going on here <laughs> you're old enough to be his mother what's going on well the story unfolded. This guy was actually on the lamb. He'd actually uh, gone AWOL 
from the cycle in America because he did not like what they were asking them to do regarding remote viewing. So he legged it and this lady was part of his tutelage and he came back to see her to get advice. There's also a local well-known medium who I met one morning on the railway station at a very, very early hour, totally out of character for this person. And I went, what are you doing here? Have you just got out of nick or something? Because that's the only reason you're going to be around at this time of the day. And the story transpired that they were working over at Salisbury with the army doing remote viewing. And I went, I don't know what I'm more frightened of, the army doing remote viewing or how the hell did the army know to approach you to ask you to do remote viewing for them? And he went, I hadn't thought of that. And I said, well, I am. How, how does that work? You know, some of our meetings interspersed every now and then with people going, all oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, we might be able to use him. So, yeah, remote viewing, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Joanne Lewis. I've come into contact with a few and have helped them across by pointing them in the direction of their angels, and they were happy to cross over. Well, that's beautiful, Joanne. If that works, absolutely wonderful. Uh, it is very fascinating. It's very personal uh, to each and every body. They will all have their own ideas and thoughts on manifestations of that energy. So that is beautiful. Judy Caswell. Hello, darling. I was at a Tudor house where some activity was happening. My dad from Spirit told us that he could not communicate with who was there and they were nearer to our vibration than his. Now, that I find interesting, Julie, because also uh, an area I haven't mentioned, but this leads into it nicely, is one of the other things I do if I'm called into somewhere is to sense if there is any intelligence attached to whatever is going on. So ask a question, what day is it? What day is today? It's Tuesday. Right, so we've established then there is an intelligence there because that is a direct response to something that is asked. There are times, and this is where I believe a lot of what is commonly referred to as hauntings, uh, where psychic imprints are left on things. Uh, one of the most commonest manifestations when you hear about old manor houses, priories, monasteries, nunneries, things like that. A lot of things would have been done, forgive the quote, religiously. So like they would have gone out religiously eight o'clock every morning and opened the gates for people to come in. And again at six at night, they would have gone out yet again to close the gates. And a lot of these practices went on day in, day out, day in, day out. And it's almost like etching this psychic energy into that particular area, which leaves a footprint. It, it leaves that after image. And later on, people who have a, we've all got an innate psychic ability, but those whose psychic ability allows them to 
feel, pick up, and translate other energies could well pick up on these things that have been done systematically. Also, things that have had a great emotional trauma. It could be great joy, it could be great anger, it could be great fear, it could be great love, upset, whatever. It's, it's putting that footprint there. It's leaving that marker there for generations beyond to pick up on. So, you know, this word hauntings implies that you've got spirit intelligence at work there, when a lot of the time there is no discerning sign of intelligence, merely a repetitive act or a singularly disruptive act, which is just reenacted and reenacted and reenacted every time. It's like watching a DVD on pause and rewind, pause, rewind, pause, rewind, pause, rewind, all the time. So, um, yeah, with that, Julie, I would imagine um, what your dad was saying, nearer our vibration than his. So, nice description, actually, to think about. It. So, he's saying it's not a spirit vibration. It's more of the physical world, this uh, psychic impression that's left behind that people can just pick up on so yeah thank you julie that's lovely phil shaw dimensions are so interchangeable as you say laurie spirit communion <laughs> spirit communicators temporarily occupying our physical space yeah yeah um i I, I don't dwell too much on those thoughts because you could get quite lost, I think. Uh, where is the line between all the different dimensions? And at this time, is that line getting thinner? And oh gosh, there's so much in there. But yes, yes, very true. Sharon, Sharon Harvey, evening. My teenage daughter has shown an ability to feel spirit, but has not explored it further. And I was wondering if this ability will be present throughout life or if it will disappear as she gets older. There is no finite, definitive answer for that, Sharon. Um, generally speaking, if you have a mediumistic ability, it can make itself known in early years and then lay dormant for a number of years. And then in later life, that might get reactivated. How many times with the church? Uh, new people have come in, and when you're talking to them, you just say, so what brought you to the church? Well, I don't know. Uh, I had a few experiences when I was young. Well, my mum used to be a medium and things like that. And, she, and it just seems like now I just want to uh, look into it more. So that is... That is quite a common thing that people will have that initial seed so initial seed sown at a younger age. Go out, live a life, do everything we need to do, and then then later life, it's not like you're going into a total unknown because you've got that inherent memory. So with your daughter later on in life, she may think you know what, all that stuff did happen to me when I was a kid. And I want to know why. I want to know how. And now, actually, I've got the time and I've got the maturity and the sensibility uh, and the intelligence to think, yeah, I'm going to find out more about that. Also, 
Um, a lot of mediums are very, very reluctant. I've known a few very reluctant mediums in my time. And yeah, there is the ability there for the person to actually suppress it to such a degree that it will never, ever pop up again. I always say, though, we come to this life already pre-chosen with our own abilities. And if we don't work with it this time round, you know what? We're probably going to have to come back and do it all over again just to work that out. So may as well crack on with it now, really, haven't we? <laughs> I hope that helps, Sharon. So, yeah, it's entirely up to your daughter. Um, if she wants to continue, I don't know what age your daughter is, but if she wants to continue just understanding a bit more uh just make sure you get a reputable teacher all right if somebody mentions oh yes it will cost xyz then do you know what it's probably not reputable so go through your local church or center uh and find out if there is anybody willing to take on somebody into a circle at their age the thing is not to push them all right it is pure it is their journey uh it is their experience if they're not ready yet, absolutely fine. If they're ready yet, help them along to get proper, proper advice, not some Gladius off of Facebook's idea of how the spirit world is just above Barnsley, I think I heard once. <laughs> but yeah, good luck to her. And don't worry about it. Don't fret. As I said, really very, very common thing is um, people will have some sort of spiritual experiences in younger life and that's just sowing the seeds ready for later life reverend ashley fascinating aspect to your medium and healing work that i didn't know that you were so involved in laurie so lovely to hear your thoughts and stories on this subject glad that i could join in and lovely to see you too ashley yeah it's it's not something i shout about and um this is why i'm surprised that people contact me <laughs> but it's something I, I approach and it's something as well as a couple who accompanied me on my most recent visits um more i think for the benefit of the lady the gentleman's a powerhouse the lady's the one with the ability and it was just interesting to see them try and work and the similar conclusions as well afterwards which is lovely so hopefully it's just something we can uh, grow and expand on because it is growing i don't know why but it is growing at the moment um people asking and people experiencing things julie had an out-of-body experience when she was a child i was awake i was jogging along with two friends but suddenly i was up in the sky and could see the back of myself and friends it was only a brief moment and now i'm back in my body it felt wonderful it does doesn't it it's so cool when you can fly it's really really funny i can't say i can fly and everyone's going yeah we all can I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> But I can fly. So that's going to be one of the joys when we go back. back. Um, where have we got here? Joan from Philly, Philadelphia. I believe that so much. I live in an old funeral home and pick up on many things. Of course you do. Of course you do, Joan. I've forgotten that. Well, here's something interesting that, to work with. You know, when you pick up on things, 
Just try and sense if there's any intelligence there. All right, just ask a question or something. Send out a thought and see if you get a response back. Or are you picking up on the psychic? And I don't decry psychics at all. Psychics are brilliant. I'd say if you're going to be a psychic, be a bloody good psychic. Um, because there are so many um, qualities to being a really well-developed psychic. You can achieve an awful lot. You know, we don't all have to be mediums stood up there making that communication. We all have different abilities. And we all have that opportunity to make each ability that we have shine. And certainly the psychic side of it, wow, you can achieve so much uh, by being a really well-tuned-in psychic. Honestly, absolutely honestly. Libby! Hello, Libby. Flying dreams. Ooh, right. So Libby is saying loads of flying dreams. Last one, I was trapped in a concrete sort of maze and I had a net over the top. Ooh, uh. <laughs> not sure about that. Not heard about that, but it does seem to be talking about it. A um, number of people are saying, yeah, I used to fly when I was a kid. So, yeah, that's good to know. Uh, do, 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 do. Any more coming in? Oh, gosh, lots there. Forgive me if I've missed any comments there. Uh, That's an evening. Please, can we see a close-up of your cat? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not Bill. <laughs> this is, there we go. This is baby girl. All right, this is the the old lady of the hills, bless her. She's 18. She's always going to be baby girl. There we go, Mr. Shaw. <laughs> uh, Sue, fascinating evening. Thank you for sharing. Yes, the uh, live feeds. Uh, there is the opportunity. Finished? Good. There is the opportunity there. If you wish to sponsor the month's live feeds, please drop me a line and I will let you know the details of uh, things. Thank you, Mr. Rich. Um, it's probably not one of my main fortes, but it's certainly something I find absolutely intriguing. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pleased that I can do it for people and take them away from these do you know what when i hear stories of oh yes the medium went into the room and they were wrestling with an imp in the wardrobe for half an hour i just want to jump out the nearest window when i hear lies <laughs> for god's sake or oh yes we can do that uh it's gonna be very expensive though i just think no 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 it's the duty and um the profession of the upright and sober spiritualists to help out on these occasions where they can safely securely and with knowledge and confidence uh and abeyance of all the rules so, lovely Tony, thank you very much. Fascinating chat tonight. Totally agree with your flow of thought. Thank you for being so open with your experiences. 
pleasure. Uh, I have been very guarded and trying not to disclose any information about people that have asked me to work for them, which is absolutely fine. Mary, Mary Dixie, 1980s, at my desk writing when I was suddenly aware of standing behind myself watching. Then I was back in my body. Thank you, Mary. That that happened to me uh, about a month before Christmas. So we're looking at November time. I was healing in the church. And suddenly I was stood next to myself. I was like, wow. Oh, you can do that again. That is so good. That is really, really fascinating. Talk about get out of the way. Interesting to know what you were writing, Mary. Were you working on a spiritual thesis? Was that somebody who stepped in and moved you out of the way so their hand could move the pen? Very interesting. Absolutely wonderful. Julie Duke as well. I go out sometimes with my spirit box, mainly end up getting family coming through with my spirit team. We could make any place haunted. Oh, good. Well, I'm sure you'll be very popular. Uh, do you get invited that much, Julie? I'll, I'll, I'll lay a quid on that you don't. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for joining us tonight. Absolutely lovely. I am working on a little plan going forward for this year. As you know, we've invested a lot of time, money, blood, sweat, tears, curses, downright frustration. <laughs> Uh, on bringing the accommodation up to standard so we can accommodate mediums here overnight. I am working on a plan that some of our Saturday nights will be presented from the sofa, as you can see. So our guest medium, who is staying here physically with us, we can sit on the sofa and have a conversation. That's great. Absolutely wonderful. Next week, we have a StreamYard presentation, and we are with Angela Foster, DSNU, and she will be giving a talk on the history of the Lyceum movement. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, I like Angela. She's got a lot of knowledge, very down-to-earth, practical way of approaching things. So that's going to be a cracking night. The following week, which will be the, I want to say the 5th, of February or the 4th, whichever the Saturday night is. Um, hopefully, this will be the first of our sofa chats. <laughs> our sofa chat evening. And that'll be with the lovely Arisha Pauline Weber, who is staying with us. So she's our first guest. So initiation by fire. I haven't told her yet. She's going to see this and go nuts. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Tomorrow, uh, people local to the area, we have the wonderful Mark Stone with us in the morning. In the evening, he is also over at the wonderful Kinson Church, which is run by Tony Goswell, who is in the room tonight. Uh, you can watch that live online, if you so wish, at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Alrighty. Meditation, next time online, will be Monday night at 7 p.m. Until then, I hope You've had a wonderful evening. Uh, it was so nice people join. Thank you for listening to me wittering away. Um, always interesting. Until then, you look after each other. Take care. God bless. And don't worry about the things that go bump in the night. You know what? I'm more scared of the human 
people than I am of spirit people. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Lots of love. Good night from Sifa as well. <laughs>